So you have about three good weeks of the new year under your belt. 2024, well on its way. How are we doing? (laughs) How are we doing with those New Year's resolutions, those new goals, all those wonderful intentions that you set three weeks ago? How are you really doing with this? This is about the time where I notice that there are definite cracks in the foundation of our intentions. And that's what I'd like us to talk about today, especially women, women in midlife who have a whole host of limiting beliefs, a whole host of really self-critical thinking that they have been programmed to have over years and years and years of their lives. I want to make sure that I'm reaching out to you right now and giving you what you need at a time like this. So if this is you and there's a bit of cracking in the foundation of your intentions and goals for the new years, then please keep listening today. Welcome. This is Midlife Crisis to a Centered Life Thriving, a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I have taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Welcome back, everyone. This is going to be a little treat. I am going to just sit here as a talking head and give you some good old-fashioned Dr. Natalie advice today. And that's because I figure after we've done three whole weeks of learning about our bodies and learning about how to nourish them, how to manage those symptoms of menopause, how to really kind of come at exercise from a whole different philosophy... I figure after all of that advice, it's about time to check in on why did we set these intentions and how are we showing up for ourselves in our intentions? Because my guess is right about now, the reason why we start to fall down has little to do with whether or not we're adopting these new practices the way that they're, you know, set up to be and and meant to help us. It has little to do with aptitude. Like we know what we need to do. It has little to do even maybe with motivation, although we probably are telling ourselves it's motivation related. It isn't really that we don't want the change, that we don't desire the change, right? It's that we're not seeing results. And when we don't see results, we get mad. We get critical. We get icky. 
You know, and if, if I could tell you anything to learn anything today in today's podcast, it would be, could we just put to bed that old programming and conditioning? Because it doesn't serve us anymore. I don't, I, I honestly don't believe it ever served us really. Uh, but if you need some, uh, some podcasts on, on why we do that self-critical thinking, the inner mean girl, I definitely have reprised that podcast from last season and can link it in the notes today. What I really want us to focus on though is freeing yourself from all of this. So, you know, if you've never visited my website, learn to love your after this episode would be a really great time because my freebie, the workbook that I give you and the video that I give you is all all around freeing yourself from other people's opinions of you. <laughs> and that is really at the heart of what we're going to talk about today. That inner limiting voice, it is likely that it originated somewhere because someone said something to us or someone said it to us a lot. Like we kept hearing this mantra over and over about our not enoughness in the world. And women get this in spades because there is an internalized oppression that we're being taught to have. We're, we're being taught to have this way of keeping our own selves down. Because if we keep ourselves down, then nobody else has to keep us down, right? And there is a top-down rank in our society where maleness, whiteness, people in power, people with money are the ones in the positions to tell us, hey, you're not enough and here's what you need to buy to do that. And here's what you need to do to get there. And aren't you just not trying enough, right? That must be what it is. Like there is there is some real messaging out there that we keep ourselves down with once we adopt it into our own limiting beliefs about ourselves and our worlds. And it's real. It's real, real. So I wanted to start with why I decided to interrupt this series of really wonderful experts that I have lined up for you in 2024 to just sit and talk about the subject. It has probably come up in the last two weeks. So we we got a whole week into the new year, and it's probably come up in the last two weeks in personal conversations, in um, client conversations, coaching and counseling client conversations. I even had this topic come up in a consultation group that I'm part of with other, you know, professionals essentially, right? So we were, we have been talking about how what's rearing its ugly head is the programming and conditioning of society, culture, family, religion, whatever you want to, wherever you want to point the fingers, but we have been taught of our not enoughness and we are really burdened underneath it. So ironically, one of the places this came up was actually with my son, which uh, he is not a woman in midlife, turns out, <laughs> although I am, um, but he has been implementing a new diet regimen, uh, working out, you know, his goals at the the gym are much different than mine. Mine are, I would like to not fall on the ice and uh, break a hip of, you know, like I'd like to have enough strength, uh, not only to be able to function in the world, but to be able to prevent major injuries because that would be no bueno. Uh, yeah, for him, it's just, you know, can I look like the the Greek gods of old? And he probably will at some point. But we were talking about it because he had, he had hired somebody actually to give him a nutrition plan. So he, you know, found a coach that you know, is 
into weightlifting and knows how to to manage the the nutrition with the weightlifting and what the different goals are. And so, you know, in the beginning, my son is bulking up and then he's going to trim down so that he looks cut. Again, none of these have anything to do with women in midlife, but just, you know, go with me on on what his goals were. And what we were talking about after a week of doing these meals is that he was really kind of frustrated with himself that he had um, – he he had had trouble kind of sticking with it. Unless he had everything portioned out in a package and right there, it was highly inconvenient for him to make it happen. So that was part of it. And then the, another part of it was um, he wasn't used to the regimen of eating at different times and eating those amounts at those different times. He kind of just was, you know, he was free-ranging himself before that and would just eat when he was hungry. And, you know, when somebody wanted to go get some Chick-fil-A, he might go get it. <laughs> I have no affiliation, nor do I support them. Uh, like, it was things like that. He was, you know, he if, if he wanted to get a Cane's finger, chicken fingers meal, he would go get it. If he didn't, he wouldn't. Uh, if he cooked for himself, great. If somebody cooked, if his roommate cooked, he would eat it. Like, But he wasn't really regimenting himself. And so the regimen also kind of, um, you know, it just didn't, it didn't feel right to him. And so we were having this conversation around how artificial that felt and he didn't like that feeling and and he wanted to push back on it. And what what I recognized is kind of our own internal uh, reasons for wanting to push back on anybody else's routine for us. Like it, humans are routine junkies. Like really, we like our routines. We like to be in our habits. We like that we can expect what the next thing is that's coming. And so anytime you disrupt that in any way, whether it's for good or for not good, we feel discomfort. And that was really part of what he was struggling with is just the discomfort of making the change and building a new habit. And so instead of focusing on the discomfort of it, what I was encouraging him to do was kind of hook it to, but what is he noticing? What is he noticing that is working? What is he noticing that he's liking? You know, what things are working about this? Because if you're hooking it to what's working about it for you, you'll you'll be more than likely to keep up with it, right? And in keeping up with it, then you'll be more likely to have that become your new habit and it won't feel as uncomfortable anymore. So we talked that through. Um, and that made sense to him, right? So another time that it came up was with a coaching client. And with her, what we were talking about is, uh, you know, what reared its ugly head was that she was becoming really mean to herself, right? This new change in her habit had come up. It actually was not related to health or anything that we've talked about on the podcast for the first three weeks. But um, her goal, you know, did ask her to make some significant changes in her day-to-day life. And, you know, we had created kind of a, a journal workbook for her to track that and a meditation for her to kind of sit and center with. Um, so I'd given her a lot of tools, but not unlike my my son, what she was really noticing is um, this is not my routine. I don't like it. And she has in her a particular stubborn streak that uh, wants to push back on that, right? Wants to say, oh, hell no, we're not doing anything new. And so there were some self-sabotaging behaviors that were showing up, which is quite common for her. And so when we were unpacking that while I was coaching her, what we were unpacking for her is really like it makes sense 
sense that your system, when you've pushed it to its growth edge, is going to be uncomfortable and that what's going to kick in is anything and everything that's going to pull you back into same, same, whatever you were doing before. Now, unfortunately for her, what gets pulled in to pull her to that point is this really self-critical inner mean girl voice. And um, that then kind of led to other other ways in which that inner mean girl voice was really pulling her down, pulling her mood down, pulling her motivation levels down. And so what she came to me with was like, I don't have motivation to do this. And what we really unpacked is it has nothing to do with motivation. It's how do we better meet the need of this inner mean girl part of us? How do we better address her in order to get her out of our way while we're doing something that's uncomfortable over here and starting a new habit? So I, I caution you as you, you know, listen to Mary Bushkul's series for us and all of those health things. And as you try to start to implement this, I caution you, be aware, stay in your self-awareness that there are things here afoot. <laughs> there are things here afoot that are not... Uh, it's not you sabotaging yourself. It's just the natural feeling of discomfort that arises when we start to change things. And if the natural thing is is popping up for you, then you're going to have to learn a way to address it. So today's podcast is really about that. You know, one thing that I want to just add here before we get started today is I am opening up group coaching again. And so if there is, you know, a part of this that you're listening to today and you're like, gosh, I, I get what Dr. Natalie's saying. I really wish, you know, I had Dr. Natalie on my shoulder because I could use her right now in my life to walk me through a huge change that I'm about to come up against. If that is you, please, as you go over to download your Freeing Yourself uh, workbook off my Learn to Love Your Story com website. Also click on work with me and set up a time to talk to me about that because I would love to have you in my next group coaching cohort. And if any of these pieces that you're listening today are things that like really are useful to you, I just want you to know there's 20 weeks of this and it's built in a scientifically progressed pattern so that you're accruing skills on top of skills that by the end of it, you won't need a coach. You will be the coach. I will create an internal coach just for you that will get you through anything in your life. And really, what it's designed to do is help you to create the life of your dreams, like to actually step into, you know, living a life that you love and creating a life that you love instead of feeling stuck in your life, instead of feeling like you're just trying to build a habit here and fix this here and adjust this here. Like, I don't, I, I don't think anybody wants, that's not anybody's goal is just to feel unstuck or you know, just enough. Like we really want to be in a life that we desire that makes us want to get up every day. Right. And so that's what my group coaching program is all about to help women in midlife to come to grips with, yeah, life isn't going to look the same as it has been. And you know what? Maybe that wasn't the life that really was making all of our bells and whistles go off. And so what's that all about? Like, how do we get us into a place where we're actually designing the life we want to be living in? And then how do we create it? I want to be here for you in 2024. I want to help you to accomplish that. So if you're over there on the website, please click on work with me, set up a time to talk to me directly. Hey, by the way, you get a little free coaching as part of this anyway, because we're going to have to dig into what it is that your goal is about coming into my group coaching course 
cohort. So you won't, you won't go without some sort of gift in hand. Believe me. All right. So back to this idea of, you know, we're trying to build all these new habits three weeks in, right? (laughs) Three weeks in, we are, we're struggling. We're, we're cracking under the pressure. We want to lean back into our old habits. We're frustrated with ourselves, Um, and we may be like my coaching client where we've really started to get self-critical that it hasn't just kind of clicked into place. We don't understand that. We don't get why that is. Well, let me assure you, A, you're normal, like totally normal because even a, a 20-year-old who enjoys going to the gym struggles to make a, a nutrition plan work for him that he knows is going to make that life of going to the gym more enjoyable for him, right? So even, even those who we, you know, know that their life and their goal is a lot more simple than maybe ours are at, by the time we hit midlife, man, even they struggle when they start to do a new thing. So new things make us uncomfortable. Uncomfortable things make us mess up. And they also are fraught with our ability to kind of get into autopilot and forget to do the thing that we are, is the new thing that we want to be doing. So they're also going to be fraught with times where we fall off the wagon. It's just part of the process. So let's just like give ourselves one deep breath and big hug and say, oh, I'm normal. Like, this is all part of the process. I wasn't supposed to be three weeks in and uh, have all the goals met. Like, that wasn't actually the point. Three weeks is just a good indication of whether or not parts of it are starting to work for us or not. Okay? So, that's where I want you to start. We've normalized it for ourselves. And this very first step is then just let's take an inventory of what's working. That's it. What's working? So in the last three weeks, you know, when I was getting up and going to the gym, what did that look like? In the last three weeks, if my new intention was getting up and uh, having a cup of coffee and journaling and doing a meditation every day, when it was working, what did it look like, right? If my intention was to reach out, talk to more friends, do some more social things because I'm isolating a lot, uh, how how often was I successful and what did that look like? This is what I want you to be thinking about, okay? You can certainly journal about this because I think that writing it down is just a further layer of self-reflection. Thinking about it is one layer. Putting it, articulating it into the written word is another. If you read it back to yourself, that's a third. So that means literally you've been reflecting on it three times with each of those, those phases. But you meet this where you're at. Like if you just want to think about it, then just think about it. That's fine. What's working? How do I know that's working? What tells me it's working, right? Why do I know that this is the place and and the way to do this? This is the place to be. This is the way to do it. And it's working for me. Okay. Really self-reflect on that. Get some good information there. Now, take that information and that's what you're going to keep doing. Right? So what's working? Keep doing it is always the answer to the what's working question. Second question, what's not working? Totally fine that things aren't working. When we build new habits, automatically things are going to get in our way. Automatically, right? Like our whole system is built around the habit of doing what it knows how to do. And this is not what it knows how to do. You're asking it to do something new. It was part of your goal. It was part of your intention for the new year. So if you're doing something new, it is automatically going to be an uncomfortable thing and there are going to be things about it that don't work. 
We want to know that. We want to be aware about it. Now, here's how I want you to ask this question. I want you to ask this question through the eyes, through the lens of somebody who really cares about you and what's going to come from this question, the, the answer of this question, right? So, you know, maybe think think from the lens of if I was my friend, what would I see when I see what's not working? Not from the lens of self-critical inner mean girl. Oh, she has some opinions, my friends, and she's going to shout them out. And we're just going to notice that she's there and say, yep, we've heard your opinion like 500 times in the last two weeks. So, uh, thank you for your opinion. And, uh, next, uh, I'm going to look at it through the lens of if I was my bestie, what would she say about what she's seeing when it's not working? Um, if I was somebody I really trusted, you know, like a confidant, uh, a business partner, um, sibling, uh, you know, somebody that's that's close to you, but might give you some critical feedback, not just the nicey nice, you know, your friend might get stay in the kindness piece of it, which is really important. So ha, what does my friend think? Okay. But now what does this confidant think? Like they're going to break it down with me and be a little bit more honest and authentic in the criticalness of it, right? And what do they have to say about why this is working, why it's not working? Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. So I've got this information from the why it's not working lens of somebody who cares about me, but also is willing to be critical with me about what isn't working. And so now I can just look at it like a data point. I'm not going to be mad at myself that it didn't work. That's inner mean girl's job. And she's just killing it over there in the corner with her comments, right? My job is just to look at kind of factually what are the things that don't add up within my life context, right? So, you know, with my coaching client, she had this big business goal. And what was getting in the way of this big business goal is that she had a lot of fears around whether or not people would um, be receptive to how she was spinning a piece of this. Um, it, it had come out of some lived experience for her. Uh, and, you know, she had some some story selling she was doing with it. And so in that story selling, she was telling people stories. And, and what really was worrying her underneath all of it was, uh, like, what happens if I tell this person's Story. I'm not going to name who they are, but I tell this part of it and they know it's them and they get really mad at me. And, you know, in inside her, she was so worried about letting people down, about not pleasing that friend, um, you know, and uh, so we unpacked that. We unpacked like, this doesn't work for you then. Like you want to be able to um, give your the people in your business the context. You're you're using this story as a context to help them understand how you're going to be helpful to them, but you haven't like um, gotten that wisdom from a place that's completely yours. It's shared with someone, and you have a value there. You have a value about honoring other people. So how do we how do we work through this? We looked at the fact that it wasn't working, and instead of being upset and throwing the whole thing out. We helped her really come up with a great plan for how she was going to modify what she was doing, how she was going to go to the original person and talk to them about it and make sure they felt good with how she was using that information in her business. Um, and it really, it like lifted a ton from her, right? Now we could have just let it be there like cancer infesting her business, but instead she listened to what wasn't working about it instead of that it wasn't working slam dunk 
won't work, got to throw away that goal. No, no, no. We looked at what wasn't working about it. And in unpacking that, she was really able to take some um, different approaches to it that worked for her. Okay, so that's step two. Step one, what's working. Step two, what's not working. Remember with what's not working, we're going to use the lens of people that are compassionate towards us, but still going to give us good information about what's not working. And remember with what's working, we're repeating that. That's going to go with us, right? With what's not working, the answer is how do you show up to it differently, right? Not how do you fix it. No, 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 no. Fixing assumes the whole thing should be thrown out, right? Fixing assumes it's all broken. That's not what you asked yourself. You just asked yourself what parts of this are not working. And so all you need to answer to is how to do it differently to see if that would work, right? Okay. And then the next piece of this is for me, probably one of the biggest cornerstones, And that is, how do I reward myself for taking this look? How do I reward myself for, now I took all this information, I'm going to use it for myself. How do I now give myself care, give myself kindness, soothing, um, really just take care of myself because I did a hard thing. I've done a hard thing by trying something new altogether. And then I did another hard thing and I looked at what was working and what wasn't working in it. So I could keep growing into what would be the best iteration of this new habit that I'm building, this new goal or intention that I'm building in my life. Now I need to reward myself. Now I need to remind myself that this is hard. While it's normal that I'm struggling here to kind of make it work as my new habit, I also need to give myself some credit where credit is due, right? And that, my friends, I find to be the the best part of this whole process is you always reward yourself. You might come down to the end of this with more things to do on your to-do list in that how do I edge out of the what's not working. If you don't reward yourself for having taken a hard look at that, then you're not rewarding the behavior that is actually making this work for you, right? You're going to get stuck in what we call in my industry, destination fallacy, right? You are going to get caught up in the fallacy that what is rewarding is when you accomplish this intention, not the process of getting there, not the work that you put into it. And so what happens in these scenarios is we leave ourselves in the process part where we're implementing this new habit or intention or goal. We get stuck in not getting to be happy during that section of it. And unfortunately, it tends to be 80 to 90% of whatever this whole journey is going to be about. And I'm being generous. Like 20 to 10% being the arrival is generous. But if you only get to enjoy yourself when you hit arrival at at I accomplished this intention you're you're going to not have motivation guess what that's that, exactly what will happen right you will just be putting in work and not being rewarded for work and not being appreciated for work and not being even heard or seen or you know acknowledged in all the effort that you're putting in nobody wants to freaking get out of bed And do something brand new in their life that feels uncomfortable when they're not appreciated or even noticed in it. And I'm sorry, but the person that needs to be noticing you is you, right? It's not everybody else. It's other people's opinions of you are none of your business. It doesn't matter. What matters is, do you want to show up and do it every day? 
What matters is, are you congratulating yourself with that every day? What matters is you and your opinion of you, right? So I want you to really think about this, that that third part of this whole process, rewarding yourself for the effort of making these minor adjustments along the way, that is key because that is actually what is rewarding about setting intentions and goals. It's not the arrival. It's not the destination. It's where you are always along the journey, taking care of yourself, showing up for yourself, acknowledging yourself, appreciating yourself. That That, my friends, is the real reward. And that, my friends, is what's going to help you to continue working on a centered life, thriving. All right, so I'm interrupting this podcast for one reason only. Let me just ask this question. Are you feeling stuck? Are you feeling kind of blah about your life? You're a woman in midlife, and life is pretty good. I mean, you've got your stuff together. You've ticked all the boxes, but you just don't feel like you're stepping into your prime in the way that you'd really like to. And you certainly don't want to go down the road of having a midlife crisis in order to figure all of this out. So if that's you, then my 20-week group coaching program is for you. And guess what? I'm opening it up in 2024. So that's why I'm interrupting this podcast today, because I want to personally invite you to participate in this with me. Now, 20 weeks seems like a big commitment. I get it, but I'm here to help you in 2024. I want you to reach your goals. I want you to really design the life that you want to be living. That is my passion. And it's what the 20-week program does. And don't just believe me. Here, I want you to listen to some of the testimonials of other women who have been through this program. To go through an actual curriculum of videos and um, thoughtful process of meditation and self-awareness and giving myself self-compassion. Also, probably the biggest thing I gained from this was I now have self-respect. I don't feel that I need to be that person for everybody else. And I can take care of me and not feel guilty. And I can look back at my story and not feel guilty. Just the self-awareness, the self-acceptance. And I really found the curriculum incredibly helpful for guiding me through that process. I learned how to speak my truth. I learned how to listen to myself. And I learned how to, in a confrontational situation or a painful situation, take care of my needs. It just opened up some doors for me to see things more clearly and respect myself more. Now, doesn't that sound like something that you want to be doing? Now, remember, go to learntoloveyourstory.com right now, and you too can sign up for your complimentary call with me. All you have to do is click on work with me and book that complimentary call, or you can head over to resources and read a little bit more about the various programs that I have. I can't wait to have you be part of this in 2024. So happy new year to you. And let's get you into that centered life thriving. Because 
because I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, I have to make sure at the end of each of these episodes that I give you the disclaimer that none of the material that I talk about in these podcasts is meant to replace any kind of therapy or formal medical or mental health treatment. And in fact, anything that I offer on my website, my coaching programs, any kind of psychoeducational materials that I release are not a replacement for that level of care. So just take that into account when you listen. This is information for you. And hopefully you find it of value, both as an educational tool and for your entertainment. And I also want to mention that if anyone you know is in a mental health crisis, needs additional help, I always include these two crisis resources. They're available to anybody. Pick up the phone and dial 888 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And you can always visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Additionally, there's actually a crisis text line. So if you're not somebody that likes to pick up the phone, then please text 741-741 to the crisis text line. And you can find them online at crisistextline.org. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And I hope that you like and follow me wherever you get your podcasts and maybe consider leaving me a review. It always helps me to keep this podcast relevant when I know what you want to hear about.